Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. Today we're answering the question, what is the church? And Rich and Art, I think you guys would agree with me whenever I say that there is no more important institution that God has given us than the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, in Scripture we find the first institution is the family, and then God continues his kingdom program through the nation of Israel. But in the New Testament times, it's the church that is God's instrument to accomplish his purpose and will. And whenever I, I, whenever I think about the church, I, I think about a, a testimony that was recently given at our church at, at a baptism, and it was a young lady who had uh, been staying with a foster family that attended Bethany Baptist Church, and it was a young lady with, without a, a healthy biological family who was brought into this family. This family loved her, exposed her to God's Word, but also introduced her to the church. And in the church, she heard the good news of Jesus Christ. She placed her faith in him. And now she not only had a, a, a family that loved her, but she had the ability to find out about God through the church, through the local church. Isn't that awesome that, that theology works itself out in practical life? You know, God says his church is so very important. And over and over again, we find that that is the truth for so many people as they connect to God, that it is through the church that they discover who God is and how to live for him and how to serve him and how to enjoy him in this, in this world. So as we think today about what the church is, what are some things you guys think are essential for us to consider as we, as we think about that question, what is the church? Well, I think first it's important for us to talk about some misconceptions that people have about sure. the church, because the name church means a lot of different things to many different people. And, and uh, so we want to affirm that the church is not a building. Uh, a church may meet in a building, but it's not a building. A church is not a specific meeting on a Sunday morning. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm going to go go to church. And what they mean by that is that they're going to go to a specific meeting. Uh, but a church also is it's not a denomination, and it's not just a loose gathering of Christians who are coming together for purposes that they've defined for themselves. So, Art, as, as Rich kind of gives that explanation of, of the church, I know that you didn't grow up in an evangelical church. How did becoming a Christian change your perception of what a church is, based on what Rich is saying there? Well, I think the biggest thing that I saw when I first came to a biblically functioning church was a connectedness. Uh, those who attended that church seemed, and in, in essence, were connected to one another in the warp and woof of their lives. And that really spoke volumes to me. So other misconceptions of, of what a church is? Well, I, I think uh, oftentimes those misconceptions lead people away really from what the New Testament is uh, describing when it uses the word church. And, and the New Testament uses the term church in two primary ways. 
The first is to describe what we would call the universal church. Some would call it the invisible church. It's, it's uh, the, the body of Christ that God has redeemed for himself that lives all throughout the world, throughout all the various times of church history, uh, but never really meets together in one place at one time. Uh, the other way that the New Testament uses the term church is described the local church, a local group of Christians living in a very specific location, organized by God's Spirit for the purpose of worship and service in that location and to do ministry uh, with one another into the world. So, for instance, when uh, you read at the beginning of uh, the epistles, the letters that uh, the apostles write in the New Testament, uh, Paul often begins to the to the church of God in Corinth, or to the church of the Thessalonians. Uh, well, the, the reference there is to the local church, as, as uh, Paul is writing to a very specific group of people living in a specific time in human history. And sometimes a, a person might say, well, uh, I believe in the universal church. I'm part of that group of people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ throughout human history. I'm, I'm one of those people. But man, uh, those local church people, those guys are hypocrites. They, they are, are petty. They're vindictive. I don't want any part in the local church. Are, what, do you, what do you say to a, a person like that? Well, first we have to admit that there are certainly churches that uh, do not function as God would intend them to function, and yet we would encourage folks not to judge God's intention for the church on a church uh, or on the basis of a church that isn't functioning according to Scripture. Uh, what we really ought to stress to an individual is that God has uh, ordained and even designed Christians to be uh, interdependent and connected to one another and uh, requiring for spiritual health and viability uh, one another's fellowship and uh, giftedness so that they might live a life that is most glorifying to God. And is it possible, Rich, to, to be a part of the local church and not be a member of the universal church? Well, that certainly would be outside the description of healthy Christianity in the New Testament. Uh, you know, that person who says, I'm a member of the universal church, but I really don't want to do anything with organized religion or the local church, I would first talk about the things we agree on. Well, you say you're a member of the universal church. Let's talk about what that means, you know, because that's a pretty amazing, wonderful organization to be part of. Um, you know, when the when the New Testament speaks of the universal church, um, it's describing one church. There, there are not many churches um, in the sense of, of the body of Christ. There's only one body of Christ. There are a lot of different expressions, uh, visible expressions of that body, but there is only one uh, church of Jesus. And if a person's not a member of that church, then that person is separated and apart from any of the blessings that God brings to us through Christ. And that once a person becomes a member of this church, uh, the universal church, they're never taken off the membership roles. They've been invited into a special relationship, not only with God, but also with uh, other people in that family. Um, this church, again, we acknowledge it's not bound by time. Uh, it, it consists of members, some of whom died 2,000 years ago, 
and are rejoicing in the presence of God today, uh, but they're still members of the church residing in heaven. And, uh, and of course, that, that church is not bound by geography or by language, by race, uh, but it's represented universally all throughout the world. And, and so this is what uh, uh, I believe that the Apostle Paul is, is speaking to when he, when he tells us as husbands, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, uh, cleansing her by washing her with water through the word, to present uh, her as, as a, as a uh, wonderful bride. And, and, he sa- and then he describes, he says, well, this, I'm really talking about Christ and the church. Right. And he says that this is what Christ did for the church, that he uh, loved the church and he gave himself up for her so that he might present his bride, the church, as a radiant bride that's spotless, and he washes her with the water of the word. And so first, you know, we, we acknowledge that person, hey, Jesus loves the church, and he died for the church, and that the church is very special to him. And so if you're a member of the universal church, let's first at least acknowledge, I love the church. Yeah. <laughs> and then move on to that application of what that means uh, in terms of how we love, how do we love the church? Yeah. At best, you'd say a person who is saying, I'm part of the universal church, I'm a Christian, and yet I don't love the local church. At, at best, that person is a, at best a believer who's fundamentally misunderstood the purpose of even beco- – one of the primary pur- purposes of becoming a believer, and that is to strengthen other believers mm-hmm. and to strengthen the local church. And I think about Ephesians chapter 4 where it says that Christ has given gifts to every believer – and the purpose of those gifts we see in Scripture is to edify the church, not just the individual believer, but the church is a place of believers strengthening one another with the gifts God has given them. It says that Christ gave gifts to, to first of all, the gifts of pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. And there's that picture of, of us being built in to this body it says in verse 15, we're groping into every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And a person that's not committed to the local church is not fulfilling that fundamental responsibility of a believer. Well, just just the analogy of the church to being a body, you know, is, is what the Apostle Paul would would point to in 1 Corinthians 12, and he says there's no one member that can say, I don't need you to the rest of the body, uh, that there is a real connection. It's not an invisible connection. It's a real connection. And, you know, when the way that a person becomes a member of the universal church is by being born into that family, being born again, uh, and that takes place through faith in Jesus. And... uh, uh, we we would recognize that something is sorely wrong with a person who's born into our family. You know, let's say we have a son or daughter who's born into our family, and they say, I like the idea of family, but I don't want to be part of any one expression of any family because families are so broken and messed up in this world. Right. And they're using that as an excuse not to be part <laughs> of the visible expression of God's glory as that family can be expressed as people of faith and obedience <laughs> gather together to, uh, to serve him. Yeah, Jesus said very clearly that, uh, we, that others would know that one was a disciple of his because he loved 
other disciples. They had love for one another. And so that gives a clear picture of what a follower of Jesus Christ looks like. He has love for other followers of Jesus Christ and, and therefore gives him or herself to other believers in service and ministry. Well, there's a, a lot more to touch on here, and, and maybe we'll, we'll spend another session talking about what is the church and, and why there is a church. What we've seen, to just kind of recap then, is that there's a, a universal church that all believers throughout human history and throughout locale have been a part of, and then you become a part of that universal church through faith in Jesus Christ. And then a, a person that becomes a part of the church through faith has the responsibility and the joy to participate in the local expression of Christ's church and to use the gifts that God has given them, uh, Christ has given them, in order to equip other believers for for uh, service to God and, and edification of, of the church. And, you know, one more question that we might uh, consider uh, when we think about what the church is and what the local church is, is, is why isn't it that any group of believers gathering together for prayer, uh, why isn't that a church? You know, what is right. it? What what really defines a local church? So, what are some elements that you would say are essential to, uh, in order for a church to be a local church? Yeah, well, there has to be the the proclamation of the word. There has to be leadership. There has to be elders and, and deacons that are serving. That's what we saw in Ephesians four, right? That God gives the church pastors and, and teachers. These these guys that are going to to lead the church, and I, I would add, you know, there, that there is our membership through baptism. You know, right. So baptism is important aspect of that. That there's church discipline, and that the, that group of people would celebrate the Lord's Supper, and that that group would be open to inviting everyone from mm. anywhere mm-hmm. to come in and be part of of that group. And so all those uh, aspects are essential for a group of Christians to be a local church. And, and if any of them are missing, then they're really missing the sort of the, uh, the basic elements uh, necessary as defined by the New Testament in order to be a church. So I say I'm going to have a time with my family in the basement, not, not a church. Right. Could be a good thing to do. Right. Spend it praying and reading the Bible together, but it's not a church. Well, guys, what a great thing to think through. And again, we've just barely touched the surface here, scratched the surface. So we'll continue talking about this uh, next next time together. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Art. And thanks everyone for joining us on Revive the Drive. Oh.